0: On everybody, welcome back to the Go In the distance Podcast presented by immaculatesports.com Sports.com. Twitter's Adamac
1: Sports. It's also Adamac Sports,
0: TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 160. Another wild weekend of sports. Every major sport pretty much had some big news. Uh, we got the usual football to start it off, but the MLB playoff preview after that. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a weird timing for a playoff pre- preview being as kind of game one for every single – or it is game one for every single wild card series today. But that shouldn't affect too much of our predictions, I would say. Maybe – you know I change, didn't change anything. Yeah, maybe for the Texas-Tampa Bay series with how that went, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> uh, besides that, though, going over the NFL week a little bit, some of our power rankings and MVP, uh, and all that's got to get right into – his opener, because that was the big thing from basketball this past week.
0: Yeah, we are uh pretty close here to the preseason. That's gonna be on Thursday in uh Abu Dhabi or Dubai or something like that. You know, that that uh, area of the world. But anyways, we finally got some big news here. Dame Lillard has been traded to the Bucks. The Bucs are gonna get Dame, the Blazers, they get DeAndre Ayton to be their new center, a 2029 20, first, a couple swaps, Andrew Holiday, who they're gonna trade. I'll talk about that after this, uh, because the Suns got Nurkic to fill in at center, who's not great. But they got some bench pieces, I guess. Nas Little, Keon Johnson, Grayson Allen. Drew Holiday was then flipped by the Blazers to the Celtics because they're good with their young guards. They like those guys. So they got the Time Lord, Brogdon, and two future firsts. Uh, overall, I kind of like how this uh moves things around. I think the Suns may end up losing the trade in the future if they just end up letting all these guys walk after this first year but we got some news uh we're about four or five weeks away from the season so uh hey at least we got something
1: yeah yeah i think uh it's also a very different way that the celtics have attacked their season than they have in the past few years where they've kind of had this super super deep one through nine and now we're looking at their starting lineup with Porzingis and Drew Holiday that they added this year. And It's kind of the exact opposite where they don't have that as deep of a bench, but their starting lineup, man, the guys that they are running out there are no slouches. Those guys, those guys can play. So they're all in for sure. We'll see how that works. They're obviously super close to getting the ring a couple years ago when they played against the Warriors uh, and fell short last year, of course, as well too. Uh, my opener. Is going to be the last time I talk about the A's for a while now. It's, I assume at this point, uh, but some cool stuff happened again, Game One, sixty-two. First of which was Yuri Ruiz breaking the AL single-season rookie record in stolen bases, passing Kenny Lofton to get his sixty-seventh stolen base of the year. Is one that the A's had to sweat out because going into the game, Esteban had sixty-six steals. He got on to lead off the game. We're thinking perfect. You know, he's going to steal second right here. We don't have to stress about it the rest of the game. And he gets picked off. Uh, Ended up getting on base again, getting on second base. Stole third to get the record and a good moment there for Esty. And then later in the game, Brent Rucker, who's been sitting on 29 homers for about five, six games now, has had a really good September. Hit his 30th full run in his final at-bat of the season. A big milestone at homer for him. A guy who really hasn't, you know been able to stick on an MLB roster and the appearances that he's had these past few years really put it all together for the A's this year. And I know he had really good months and he had really bad months and that's kind of what comprises, you know, above average season for the A's in general. But for how he hit in September, I'm encouraged to front record whether we trade him or not that he can be a guy that could be a part of his, you know, future team with, with our squad So. Shout out Brent Rutgers, yeah. shout out SD Ruiz, and I guess shout out Dandala because he <laughs> gets a bigger chance to get a ring now at this point. So we'll hop into where's your head at starting off with the AFC top five power rankings. Skyler, do you have any honorable mentions that you want to mention?
0: I don't. I've been cheating the past couple of weeks, so I've just stuck to five.
1: I decided to give an honorable mention, and it's not because I believe this team is super, super good, but they got to be recognized a little bit. That's the Houston Texans, man. CJ Stroud's been amazing. Nico Collins is coming alive. Tank Dell, who didn't have a big game last week, but has had a lot of big games. Their defense is starting to play better with D'Amico. Ryan's at the helm now. Uh, winners of two of them about their last three, and they just embarrass the Steelers, whether they have Kenny Pickett or not. I don't care. It's a big game for them. Uh, and maybe a change of culture in Houston coming up. So maybe a sign of things to come for them. Mm-hmm. Number five.
0: Yeah, my number five is going to be the Houston Texans here. Listen, that's two big wins in a row. They shut down Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. We have no reason... To believe in Jacksonville at all right now. So my faith is switched over to Houston. We knew the defense would be nice. It would be a lot better this year, but Stroud has been a consistent 300 yard guy so far, something we didn't think was possible. Uh, there's not a lot of young guys who can do this. So I think this team's going to be special for that reason. Yeah.
1: Uh, getting to my five spot, I thought it was. It's pretty tough coming up with the four and five spots for this because I think there's a very clear three, and I think we both know who those three are. But after that, it just gets kind of mushy on who is legit, who's decent, who is just having a good first four weeks of the season, who's having good matchups and whatnot. Uh, But the five spot, I took a safe route and went with the 3-1 and Baltimore Ravens. Their defense has been good so far. Their offense hasn't, you know, hit – the expectations i would say but they've done enough to win three games out of the first four uh they currently got a one game division lead and i think that's you know a good sign of things in the afc north with having an early division lead so shout out to the ravens not playing the best ball but fifth best in the afc i think they'll take that out sure, yeah
0: at number four i am baltimore one spot above you. Uh, the Cleveland defense didn't seem to bother Lamar at all, so I'm just going to flip their spots here. I had Cleveland at four last week. Um, the offense, like you said, it hasn't been very impressive, but they're still light years ahead of Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, so th- they get the nod for now. Again, it may just be uh, the easier schedule. They happen to fall on a backup quarterback once again here early in the season, but they're still 3-1. and one. I still think Lamar's doing a good job, better than he has the past couple of years.
1: Number four for me is going to be where I put the Browns, and I know they lost to the Ravens, but obviously that was DTR, not Deshaun Watson. So I'm giving you know, the Browns credit for that game. And I know they're 2-2 two and two right now. The record doesn't show anything crazy, but when outside of the top three teams, the AFC is wide open in that aspect, I think the Browns are a team that, you know, has the defense to be up there. And when all things are going right on offense, they can definitely be up there as well, too. So our four spot gets to Browns. And now we get to the top three, which we know the teams in some order, Kansas City, Buffalo, Miami. Who do you put at the three spot?
0: Yeah, at the bottom of the top three here is going to be Miami. It wasn't pretty at Buffalo. Tyreek looks like he got hurt. But for now, they're going to stay in the top three. Like you said, there's a clear drop off after Miami. Things are only going to get tougher for them as it gets colder. But for now, they're doing okay.
1: Miami's my three-spot. Tough game over the weekend, but you're allowed that tough game. And whether we allow them two tough games over, you know, one each half of the season or whatever it is, that that kind of seems how the NFL season goes anyways. But Miami's looked good in every game except for one. That one game was just this past weekend. I'm not – Putting too much credit into it, but shout out to the Bills for having a good week. On number two.
0: Number two, I got Buffalo. Uh, another team with one pretty big hiccup so far. But like you said, we're not going to beat down on them just for that because they decided to beat down on Miami this past week. The defense has also been amazing. And uh, yeah, they're going to have some guys in MVP conversation. So I'll, I'll hold off my Buffalo talk for
1: now. Yeah. Buffalo is my number two. They I did this a couple years ago where they lost to Pittsburgh week one. And then from there, they just beat like three teams up back to back to back weeks. And that's kind of what Buffalo's done ever since week one. Point differential is currently plus 84, only 55 points allowed. And 20 of those came against the Dolphins this past week. So defense is good. The offense looks amazing. Uh, Allen, Diggs, they got it going on right now. So Buffalo's in my two spot. Uh, and that leaves the number one for the reigning champs in the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Yeah, they escaped the Jets on Sunday Night Football. Keep the one spot. Um, honestly, I think this game says more about the Jets front seven than it suggests that there's going to be any kind of Kansas City slump. Um, I could that could be my Jets cap talking, but I am not concerned about Kansas City.
1: Kansas City's my one. Uh, they. They had their hiccup game and they won in their hiccup game. Yeah. And that's not something that we see too often. Uh, so Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. I'm not going to come off that pedestal until we see something drastic. And I assume we probably won't. So Chiefs will likely remain up there the entire season. We'll move to the NFC side. Got any honorable mentions here? I do not have any.
0: Me neither. All right. Number five. Number five, I'm going to go with Seattle. They win the tiebreaker over however many teams I had last week because they lost both of their tackles, and they don't care. Kenneth Walker and Geno Smith, they're obviously not one-year wonders at this point because they look great so far. They're moving the ball pretty well. And massive hits on the defensive draft picks recently. Witherspoon was amazing last night. We know how good uh, Wulin is, too. These are the kind of things that keep you relevant. And uh, in a weak NFC, that's perfect for them.
1: I think this uh, one through five is a bit more exciting in the NFC than it is in the AFC. I think, I mean, like we said three or four times, one through three in the AFC is for sure four and five are kind of just mid teams thrown in there, but one through five is kind of just fun. Uh, Maybe, you know, four and five are mid in the NFC, but they're exciting at least. And the number five team that I have is Detroit, uh, sitting at three and one at the top of the NFC North right now. They just beat Green Bay in Green Bay. That's a big win for them. They've won four in a row over the Packers. Team is – they got things together quicker than I expected after that Seattle loss. I thought a game like that would leave at home as a team that's kind of similar you know, outlook. Sometimes I can send a team back and say, hey, maybe we're not quite there yet. But they came back and won these past two games against the Falcons and the Packers pretty convincingly. And I like how they're using Jameer Gibbs. I know there, a lot of fantasy owners aren't happy with it, but the way that they're kind of preserving his body and allowing him to, I assume, gradually get more carries and touches over these next few weeks and into later on in the season, I think it's a smart way to go about it. And I think David Montgomery has been the perfect, you know, I don't know, big back for them to use over this these first four weeks of the year. So, yeah. good job, the Lions on number four.
0: Number four, I got the Cowboys dropping down a spot here. The defense is scary. They did embarrass Mac Jones very badly, but that Diggs injury, I just can't get over it, man. When they get back into division play again, that's going to hurt. You know, Bland isn't going to have a pick six every game for you. It's just not going to be possible. So Dallas drops down a spot.
1: On number four, is going to be where I have the Seahawks. Uh, you kind of said a lot of things about him, so I'm not going to talk too much and, about him. Uh but Jamal Adams should hopefully be back again next week or actually, no, there's only been one player in this past year who's came back after one week from a concussion. That was Kenny Pickett last year. So I assume we'll probably roll him out next week or this week, that is. And then he'll play the week after that. Actually, I think they have a bye. So that shouldn't matter at all. Uh, but regardless. Seattle looks good. Uh, they rebounded after that week one loss against the Rams, and I was kind of scared, but I guess it was just a hiccup. So, giving Seattle credit there, they look just as good as I expected them to be in the beginning of the season. On to number three.
0: My number three spot's going to go to Detroit. I got the Lions up a little higher than you because they just dominated in another tough environment. The grounded pound victory in Lambeau, and just, in my opinion, that, that weighs a little more than the Seahawks win at Jet Life Stadium. Uh, you know, the giants are obviously have their struggles right now. And uh, the lions got two massive wins so far, you know, Kansas city
1: and in Lambeau field. So I'll take it. I'm going with at three. It's kind of making the safe pick at this point. Plus 83 point differential through four weeks is pretty crazy. Yes. Especially when you lose one of those games, only 41 points allowed. I know they haven't played the greatest offenses, but they're blowing teams out when they should. So, uh, well, I guess not against Cardinals, but Hiccup, so we'll give them that. Uh, Dallas looks good, though. They have a big test this week against the Niners. I know Jerry Jones even kind of said that that was like the barometer for them to see where they are at because he kind of used them as the top of that NFC. Maybe that was just a shot at the Eagles. Who knows? But uh should be a good test for the Cowboys on Sunday night Yeah.
0: on number two. Number two, I got the Eagles. They're still undefeated. Uh, there's some concerns for sure. They just can never seem to put away Washington for some reason. But they're superstars all over the roster, uh, just like Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown. Last week, when they decided that they were not losing to the Commanders, they did it all themselves and they got it done.
1: Yeah, Philly's really my two spot. They haven't played. They haven't played great. But when you are able to not play great and win football games, that's what's going to get you to win the division. That's going to help you get the bye. It's going to help you do a whole bunch of things later on in the season. So having that luxury to you know win games when you're not playing good is big. Uh, Eagles are 4-0 right now. So good job by them. And maybe they'll get things going in the second half of the season or the second quarter of the season.
0: On uh, number one. It's the Niners. Uh, it seems like the only time they've been challenged at all this year is one half against Kyron Williams three weeks ago. Uh, other than that, they've been extremely dominant. I guess shout out to Michael Wilson, Stanford guy, coming back home. Yeah. Two touchdowns. Pretty great quarter for him right there. But other than that, too, you know, uh, San Francisco's got it under control. Uh, everything is just so easy for them right now. Yeah,
1: a couple big uh, games for Stanford guys, and that game, of course, this game season two, too. But, yeah, Niners are one pretty easy to put them there. Uh, It doesn't even feel like the Cowboys are going to be a test for them just because I really feel like the Eagles and then maybe the Bills and Kansas City, Miami would be the teams that I'd really put at competing with them right now. Should be fine on Sunday night. They look good through four weeks. uh, And they haven't even played their best ball yet, I would say, on the the defensive side. There's some – Bosa could be picking up a little bit more, but he hasn't had to because all these other dudes are going to him. So – out yeah. of the MVP. Any honorable mentions?
0: I do. I do. There's been a lot of great guys this year, so I got to shout out a couple. Uh, Tyreek, if he had a great game against Buffalo, didn't get injured, he probably makes the top five for me, honestly. Mahomes has been bad recently. and We know it's not going to stay that way. It's a quarterback award, so we'll shout out Brock Purdy. He's got the highest uh, advanced metrics out of everybody. And Micah Parsons, probably still the betting odd favorite for DePoy, so we'll throw him on there.
1: Number five, the only quarterback I have on this list is uh, CJ Stroud. He's played well, He's especially these last three weeks. Hasn't thrown a pick yet. He's thrown for over 1,200 yards. He looks good. And if the Texans make the playoffs, he's going to be in the conversation. So, shout out CJ Stroud. Okay. I don't have him yet.
0: Possibly soon, though. Number five, I have my defensive candidate here in T.J. Watt. Only one quarterback hit against C.J. Stroud, but he's still tied for first and sacks with six with Max. Sorry you had to see that. Um, you know, two forced fumbles, two returns on separate plays. He's got a touchdown. He has pass deflections. He's amazing. He's going to figure it out and finish with some ridiculous numbers. T.J.
1: Watt is my four guy right now as well, Two, uh, Six sacks, of course, like you said, tied for top of the league couple forced fumbles a touchdown if you're gonna pick a defensive guy he's got to be your guy uh and he's mine so number four tj watt on a number three my number four
0: actually lamar jackson oh yeah my bad I flipped it. it's all good you're going first for mvp we didn't for the others i got i got you but uh lamar jackson may be a surprising choice here because we just talked about how they probably didn't deserve to be three and one but four touchdowns against the number one defense in the NFL at the time. It's not a lot of yards this year, but if he keeps scoring on the ground and turning the ball over less, his odds are going to skyrocket, especially in a weaker division than we thought it would be.
1: Number three for me, give me Justin Jefferson currently leads the league in yardage as far as wide receivers go. Three touchdowns. Uh, Does have a fumble, so it does hurt, but, uh, and he looks like he's the best receiver in the league, and that's some of the only guys who beat Montana. Carlo So, uh, shout making plays. He's had a couple touchdowns in Minnesota's first play this week.
0: So, your yeah, Jefferson does look like the best receiver. I don't have him, though. I have quarterbacks the rest of the way. So, I got Josh Allen here at the three spot. The last three games after the Jets game have been. Much better, three hundred twenty yards, four touchdowns, no picks against Miami. It, the special connection with Diggs could be back. You know, there were some rumors that the connection wasn't quite there this offseason but they clearly got something working now, and it's uh, it's pretty crazy to watch.
1: On number two for me, and I just I kept it with mostly non quarterbacks in this, just because I know quarterbacks are going to eventually flood this. I think in the first you know, six weeks or so, you can kind of pick off guys that maybe are a bit more valuable when it comes to the team. And, and getting those wins is other guys. So uh, I don't have any other quarterbacks on this. But number two for me is going to be Tyreek Hill and how he's played for the Dolphins and how he's been used so uniquely this year with all the motions. And, you know, what Mike McDaniel is doing with him. So maybe... You know, this is a product of Mike McDaniel, and it most likely is, but Terry Kill's been amazing. He's got four touchdowns, 470 yards so far this year, 24 first downs. He's tied for third in the league, just behind Puka Nakua and Justin Jefferson. But Terry Kill's been really good. I know he didn't have a huge game against the Bills, but you got to, you know, turn up when things get going. So he's been good. I I expect him to remain the same.
0: My two is going to be Tua.
1: 282 yards, touchdown,
0: and a pick, even though it looked a whole lot worse. It definitely could have been worse than that. He's still first in passing, second in QBR, and all those stats only to Purdy. So you know he's efficient, too. He's not just out there slinging it. And, by the way, I was wrong. I scrolled up, and my number one's not a quarterback, obviously. I forgot about him.
1: Um, Yeah. Number one feels pretty easy through the first four weeks. It's going to be CMC. Leads NFL in carries. Leads NFL in yards. Has six touchdowns, has kind of just made the Niners' offense a very easy 30-points-per-game offense. And uh I would say he was a missing piece in the offense because they always kind of just were able to score regardless. But he made it so it's bad game-proof at this point. And he's amazing, makes all these crazy plays, scored, what, four touchdowns this past week. CMC's number one, and I know he's going to be here as well.
0: Yeah, man, like you said, I, I think it's possible he was the missing piece. I have the most important player on the best team right now. Uh, another 170 from scrimmage and four touchdowns is is ridiculous, added to the total. What a, you know, ridiculous change of events. We thought this was going to be the death of the running backs this season, and, and that's not how it's going.
1: It's, uh, it's been a weird year for running backs, yeah. especially seeing Devin A. Chan near the top of the list, even though he... Has had over like 20 yards in like two games this year. Moving on to the MLB playoff preview. What I've been waiting for this entire episode. We'll start off in the AL. We'll go wild card series on both sides. Actually, you know what? We'll go full AL and then full NL. and That, that might be okay. a little bit easier to follow. Uh, so starting off, Texas and Tampa Bay. Game one was today and Jordan Montgomery was amazing. Seven strong shutout innings by him. Tim Bay couldn't get their offense going late. Texas kind of just kept on applying runs throughout the game. Ended up winning 4 nothing there in game one. That's a pretty series. So that game one obviously means a ton. Skyler, who do you have winning this series here?
0: Yeah, I have the Rangers in two. And I don't feel like there's a real advantage at Tropicana. Their last big playoff run was at a neutral site. That's how you know. It's, it's not just talk right now. Um, I had said before that the Texas lineup would carry throughout the season. Uh, sorry, the series. But we know that Montgomery was great today. That was a I had to do a lot with it. And Tampa Bay's just missing too many pieces this October. They don't have the full squad. It's uh, not going to end pretty for them.
1: I still got Tampa in three. I think oh. the, this is a very weird spot where the home field advantage really doesn't do anything for them. But I mean, it can't hurt them, and. I know they didn't play great today. They didn't get the offense going, but they've been better since Wander Franco has been gone. I know McClanahan won't be the guy taking the ball in game two or game three or any game this off or postseason, uh, but I got confidence in Eflin in game two. He's been good for them all season. I got confidence in whoever guy they're throwing in game three. Uh, Texas is known to choke in big moments. I think they do it again. So give me Tampa in three. They get the job done in St. Petersburg. The other AL wildcard card series, Toronto and Minnesota. I had my eyes peeled for this one because there's something big going on in that for me. Yeah, I what the voice Lewis show man. Couple home runs. Uh, Michael A. Taylor shot to him as well too. Made a couple big plays in center field. Uh, and the Twins end up winning for the first time in a playoff game since 2004. They went three to one. Game two is obviously tomorrow. Game three the day after that. If it goes that far. Who do you
0: think comes out alive in this one? So I had the Blue Jays in three. After watching this first game, I probably would switch that. But this is what I put in onto my my postseason bracket challenge. So I'm going to keep it there for now. Minnesota might have the best pitching staff in these playoffs. Um, it will definitely be enough to carry them through this series. I think it's possible. But what I said was I trusted the Toronto lineup more. And I thought that Gosman, Barrios, and Bassett could match them. So far, Gosman didn't have his stuff today. Um, so I don't know if they can go toe to toe with them right now. Um, I, yeah, I guess I'm I'm in a between a, a rock and a hard place right now with my Blue Jays pick because their offense is is really cold right now. Yeah,
1: it's gonna be an interesting matchup tomorrow too. Jose Barrios against his former team, back in Minnesota, should be a lot of fun. Uh, Would have been cool to see a former A. You know, counterparts yeah. there with Sonny Grant and Chris Bassett, But I'm picking the Twins in two. I like Sonny tomorrow. He's had a big game in the playoffs before, even though it was back in 2013. You know, he can deal when it matters. Uh, and I think the Twins are going to advance play Houston. Uh, so give me the Twins in two. So we have different series now. Moving yeah. on to the ALDS you have Texas versus Baltimore together. Mm-hmm. How does that one go for you? That's a five-game series for anyone who did it now.
0: Yeah, and uh, I do have the Orioles in five, this one. It, it was a ridiculous second half for Baltimore, specifically the pitching staff. Grayson, Braddish, John Means even coming back from injury. The lineup is great with runners in scoring position. This is going to be a wild series, and Baltimore is going to pull it out. Bullpen.
1: I got Baltimore in three. I was very close to doing four. teeter-totting in between the two, but I think Baltimore and the vibe that, that they're going to have in those first two games is going to be really tough to beat. And when it comes to game three, you're down too low, and a crowd that doesn't give you a ton of juice. I think that's when Baltimore is going to kick it in. I'm in uh, you know, maybe a good traveling road crowd, sleeper traveling road crowd in Baltimore as well, okay. too. I think they could do that. Uh, so give me the... Give me the O's in three, man. That'll be fun. And then you got Toronto versus Houston, which should be a fun series. I have Minnesota versus Houston. How do you have that one playing
0: out? Yeah, I got Houston in three against Toronto. Uh, The the lineup is is always hot at the right time for Houston, man. The entire pitching staff's been here before. Toronto is due for a massive collapse. We mentioned that it tends to be a, a theme here in the MLB playoffs. Similar teams tend to collapse if they're under the same ownership. And uh, it might happen before this. It probably will. But if they do somehow win in three against Minnesota, they're going to get trounced by Houston.
1: Yeah, I got Minnesota in five. I uh, I know, you know it's not really the most popular pick there, uh, but we've never seen a Houston regular season team over these past, you know, six, seven years that had to sprint in the regular season to find a way into the playoffs. And I know, You know, they had a bad 2020 year uh, and still made the playoffs there. But that was kind of a weird situation where everybody was sprinting the entire time. Uh, So it's kind of uncharted territory for Houston. And I think that, you know, these last 13 games where they had to play really, really well to even get into the playoffs. And, of course, they end up winning the division. But Minnesota was cruising the whole way through. They looked good in game one. The pitching staff is solid. Uh, And they got those big-time bats that I've been talking to you about for a long time with Edward Julian and uh, Royce Lewis. So give me those guys to advance to the ALCS because I know that would be a lot of fun for me to watch. You've got Baltimore-Houston. I've got Baltimore-Minnesota. Who is going to the World Series, Scalar?
0: I got the Astros in seven over Baltimore. I'll be rooting – all day for Baltimore here, but Houston's roster is built for the series. You know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see Baltimore back up here for a while for multiple years in a row, but I feel like Houston has one more run in them, possibly a Verlander legacy game in the series too. And I, I think that would be enough for, for Houston to get it done. Uh, I I know it's, it's surprising to say, man, a, a team that won 10 ga- less games than they're used to winning and, um and a lot of injuries, some new faces even too, but there's something about them I I can't I can't pick against them you know yeah
1: Minnesota Baltimore for me if Felix Batista was healthy for this series and able to just shut down games at the end there I would pick Baltimore probably in six or seven games but I'm going with Minnesota in six I think again Baltimore's team isn't really built for for this when they don't have a guy like Felix Batista their three four starter isn't really the best spot after you know you go Grayson and Kyle Bradish, but from there it gets a little rough uh the young bats kind of the same thing on both sides and I think Minnesota just has a little bit better of that edge right now uh both giving the given the edge to Minnesota and the stars I'm giving the edge to Minnesota as well too so I'm taking the twins to go to the world series mm-hmm. I thought I'd say that we'll go to the NL side now starting off in the wild card series is we've got a fun one going on in Milwaukee right now. Currently three to three in the fourth inning. I don't have a four, to three. Actually, four
0: to three. Actually Gabriel Moreno just went deep off of uh, Corbin Burns.
1: Really? So mm-hmm. Arizona just takes the lead in that one. Uh, I mean, this it's a weird series to pick. I want to pick Arizona, but some things are kind of just making it tough to do that together. Who do you choose?
0: So I, I had the Brewers in two. Uh, I thought that Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta were going to give these guys a lot of trouble. Um, but hey, they, they got a lot of fight in the lineup tonight. So uh, this definitely messes with my strategy here. Because the next thing I said was congrats to Arizona on all the awards, but we know this isn't your year. I am still going to stick with that. We'll We'll say it goes to three games. After after watching, uh, you know, the, the fight in this lineup tonight, it's crazy. But uh, I'm still going to go with Milwaukee. Those are my guys.
1: The only two options for me in this, I felt like we Milwaukee and two and Arizona and three. If you were able to beat Corbin Burns, that was going to be the decider, deciding factor for me in this one. Uh, I'm still going to pick Milwaukee. I, I say they come back in this one, get the dub, and then they win tomorrow. As much as I would like to see Arizona make a run because, you know, I obviously TMS picking picking before the season and whatnot to do stuff and yeah. you know, have good games or a good season. But Milwaukee's kind of just built for the postseason, and I know it never works out for them. They're built for the first round you have got a roster that works well with this on how these rounds are played with the top two, three guys being really good. The bull, back from being good and having some clutch hitters in there as well too. So I go Milwaukee into. two uh but fuck man maybe arizona steals it miami philly that game's going on right now philly's actually had a couple runners on with nobody out in the first and didn't get it done jesus oh. lizard shut him down at the end there uh currently in the bottom of the second that zero zero let's go there. who do you have coming out alive in this one
0: I got the Phillies in three. I know Miami played them tough all year and they got some great arms, but Philly is the much hotter lineup coming into the series. And I'm a big believer in, in offensive momentum in the playoffs. And that outweighs a lot of what Miami's done for me, even though, again, I, I'll, I'm rooting for Lizardo tonight. Don't get it twisted, but uh, Philly's obviously been here before.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, Planet Citizens Bank is something that's really tough to do in October. And the Phillies' energy, they feed off of it. They probably feed off the crowd the best out of any team in the big leagues. Uh, And just the get-in price for this game was over $200. So I'm picking Philly in two games. I think they probably get a clutch hit late in this one, and then they blow them out tomorrow uh, to get the job done. All right. I will take us to the NLDS. Moving to that first NLDS series – We've both got Milwaukee versus L.A. So we finally got one that matches. Uh, who do you have in this one, Sky?
0: I got the Dodgers in four. I feel like the Brewers lineup can't keep up with the Dodgers. You know, the mix of young guys and bets within the Dodger pitching staff is something to watch out for, but it probably won't affect them in this first round. They're another team built for this series.
1: Yeah, the Dodgers in four. I think, again, like you were saying, the uh, depth of the Dodgers pitching isn't as deep as what we're used to. Uh, and that's going to end up, you know, maybe causing them later in the, in the playoffs, but I think they're going to be fine in this series. Milwaukee doesn't have a lineup to compete with the Dodgers, especially a series that's going to be in LA for most of the time. So I say LA in four, they get the job done before having to go to that muscle in game five. Philly Atlanta rematch of last year's NLDS last year was an upset. Reese Hoskins had a big Homer in that series. A couple big moments, from that entire Philly team. But uh, how do you think the rematch goes this year?
0: I think it's going to play out very similarly, except it's going to be Matt Olson with the big home run. I got the Braves in five games. How do you pitch against this Atlanta lineup, man? There's so much protection. You can't really throw around anybody like you can in uh, your average lineup. I think Strider, Freed, Elder is enough for this series for Atlanta. Um, After that, we'll see what happens. Yeah, they said Freed is supposed to go game two, that series. Yeah, That's right. yeah, Yeah. And uh, other than that, I'm just excited to watch. I got the Braves in five. Should be electric.
1: Yeah. This, uh, this should be the most fun NLDS series to watch just because, I mean, it's a weird rivalry where things kind of haven't blown over playing baseball. And it's, you know, they haven't really had any fights or anything like that. But these two teams, these two fan bases hate each other. Uh, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. I say Philly in five, though I think the the bullpen of Atlanta is something I was never in love with, and I think it's a very weird way of orchestrating your team where you have all these guys, but you don't have a lockdown closer. And we've seen you know teams in the past like just need that closer to nail down one run games late in the, late in the season. Uh, and I know Atlanta's been winning games like, well, you know five six runs. Feels like the most of the entire year, but. That's when it comes back and haunts you. And I think it's going to haunt Atlanta again in the NLDS. Uh, and they get kicked out by Philly and back to back years. That's up. sets up at NLCS. You have the Dodgers, Atlanta. I got the Dodgers and Philly. How do you think it goes?
0: So Atlanta won the regular season series four to three. I'm not going to change much. I'm going to have them being the Dodgers in six games. Um, the bullpen is something to think about, 100%. But if they're up by five at that point every game in the series, I got to stick with the Braves, man. They've looked solid all the way around, all season long. I I don't think it's enough for me to change my opinion here. I got
1: the Dodgers versus Philly and... Uh... Philly's got the big-time bats that they could do it. You know, Harper's been there in big moments, especially last year. Trey Turner's been there in big moments this year with the World Baseball Classic, Schwarber, Castellanos. All these guys have played in big-time games. I know the Dodgers have as well, too. Uh, but I just feel like Philly does it better when the lights are on the brightest and they get the job done. They win this series in six, and they go to the World Series for back-to-back years. That sets up – let's see, what's your – what series matchup again?
0: Braves-Astros rematch.
1: Braves-Astros. What? How creative are you, Scott? Oh, my gosh. Uh, who do you yeah. think comes out of that storybook matchup from 2021?
0: I know it's boring, but I feel like us as fans deserve one more series at this matchup. Uh, I got the Braves in Not six, more. though. Atlanta gets oh, them in the exactly. rematch of 2021, of course. Uh, and the main reason is this has been my prediction since opening day. Yeah. And again, I I haven't seen enough to move things around that much. You can't really teach the timely hitting, the correct managerial moves that these two clubs have continued to make over the years. In October, they're the best for a reason. My MVPs stick in the same. Marcel Zuna, two clutch home runs, including a walk off early in the series, and a go ahead possibly off of Framber in the series clincher. We'll
1: see. Crazy. I think my pick uh, going into the season was that Astros Braves rematch. And I think I had Kyle Tucker as my world series MVP. Mm -hmm. I went full October baseball in my predictions this time where crazy shit happens because it It does does, in in, in the MLB. so my world series matchup is Minnesota versus Philly. Something that I never would have thought I picked, uh, i say minnesota gets gets it done they stay hot in october maybe november uh world series mvp the guy's done it before he's gonna do it again carlos correa is my world series right. mvp he's won one before he's got the vibes he knows how to get it done when it matters and uh i think he's gonna take that minnesota team to new heights and maybe win me some money well
0: doing it so it's like the most hardcore fan base against just the most chill guys you know i could see it on twitter like we should have won that series be like yeah you probably should have but we did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you probably
1: should have bud yeah minnesota wins the world series in we well, was seven for the sake of getting able to watch world series game seven Carlos Correa world series mvp and uh we're going to take a half now. skylar
0: tell me about yeah. college football Just got a a quick college football notables here. Just some updates from over the week that were important because it's a long-ass episode this week. A lot of different stuff, so we'll keep it simple. Number eight, USC. They hold on at Colorado, 48-41. to Caleb Williams, Al Dool Shadur, six touchdowns, his career high, and um, back at the Heisman favorite. Uh, Not really surprised about that one. Uh, Michael Penix, of course, is is doing his thing. Bo Nix, Quinn Ewers. But right now, it's looking like Caleb Williams could seriously repeat. Uh, another game in the sec unranked kentucky ran all over 22nd ranked florida gators 33 to 14 the senior wildcat running back ray davis had 280 yards three touchdowns and they're playing at number one georgia next week so that'll be a good one the ground and pound against georgia number kentucky 20 old miss now, right huh? it
1: should be right kentucky is ranked now right yes they are okay because yes, uh, they're a team that probably should have been ranked going into that much against florida They'd probably still get dog walked by Georgia, but it should be fun. Fun one, at least. It's always nice to play game. Yeah. You, and when
0: the spread's down from like 40 to 13, it's nice and refreshing for us college football fans. Another SEC matchup that was crazy. Number 20, Ole Miss. They take the shootout here against number 13, LSU, 55 to 49 to keep the season alive, led by SEC superstars, Jackson Dart, Quinshawn Junkids.
1: Great game for the Rebels. Uh, number 11. Yeah, I, was one. I apologize. I didn't watch that game, but oh. I uh, I walked in to where we were eating dinner on Saturday night. Yeah. And they had the game on, and I saw it was uh, 40 to 41. with like 14 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm missing a classic game right now. But uh, yeah, good on the guys at uh, Ole Miss to get at the jobs. And I know Jackson Dart had a, the post-game interview. He was like, man, that shoot was so much fun. <laughs> it sounded like that. Super like LA dudes, but uh can't even imagine good job by the rebels. Get a job on
0: <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh my last game from Saturday. Number eleven Notre Dame wins the defensive battle at number seventeen Duke, twenty one to fourteen, with the help of future NFL running back, Audric Estimates, thirty yard touchdown with thirty seconds left. Another magical moment this weekend that You know, actually, this was a a very highly viewed game. I think it was the highest viewed um, ABC game of the year. But still, it feels like not a lot of people were talking about Notre Dame and Duke this year. Duke gave them a real fight. Oh, yeah. Um, My big notable for next week it's the Red Red River Rivalry. There we go. It's the (laughs) the 12th ranked Sooners heading to Arlington. Those uh those third ranked Longhorns, probably gonna win at home if I had to guess, but should be a good one still. Uh two very high-powered offenses, and the winner of this one's gonna have major college football playoff advantage. So I'll be tuning in for sure. Red River Rivalry Weekend, baby. And wow. uh yeah, that's gonna be halftime for me. Try to keep it short and sweet. Maybe uh a full Heisman update in a couple weeks once we see some more big games for sure.
1: Moving on to our bets from last week. I had Cleveland minus two and a half. I did not realize Sean Watson would be out for that one. So that one went red. Skyler had Kansas City minus nine and a half. So he reverse jinxed the Jets. Reverse jinxed the Jets. I did. That's another one. I did. I'll take it
0: though. I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, even though you guys lost. So a lost loss there for Skyler. This week though, I have Milwaukee advancing to the NLDS. I know it doesn't look as good. Uh, But that one feels safe to me still. So, uh, give me the brew crew.
0: All right. I'm going with some college football here. I got number 13, Washington State. The Cougs, plus three and a half at UCLA. I like Chip Kelly, what they're doing with their freshman quarterback. But they could not move the ball in Utah at all. They couldn't beat Utah. Utah has a third-string freshman quarterback in there, and they didn't do much. Washington State has already beaten a good defense in Oregon State, and they scored 38 points on them. I think they're going to be just fine on the road. Cam Ward. Kind of an untalked about guy, you know. You could say a transfer from from FCS, Incarnate Word, I believe, and uh, has just been killing it in the Pac-12. Man, The guy's going to get drafted.
1: Full cool prediction. This or last week was Tampa Bay over New Orleans. I was like a plus one forty, so it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, I had that under the assumption that Carr wouldn't play, just on how not I wouldn't say bad it looked last week, but uh. It's kind of the early response from his injury and what that was. He ended up playing, but it felt like he just didn't play because of how bad he was. Uh, only like 130 passing yards from him. And the Buccaneers do get the win, so I guess that goes green for me. Skylar had Utah over Oregon State. That did not happen on Friday night. Very Another game low, without man. Cam Rising. Yeah. I kind of mistake Utah's playoff odds at this point. So, it's a wrap. Yeah. This week, though wins to the World Series. I know that's going to be one that kind of hangs out for about a month if uh, you know everything goes right for me. Uh, but this one isn't to win the World Series. It's just to go to it. So, I'm Not
0: asking that much. NFL football. My team again. Once again, I should just stop betting anything to do with my team because it obviously doesn't work, but it's the Nathaniel Hackett legacy game. I got the Jets over the Broncos. They beat them last year in Denver with the worst team I'm not saying I'm overreacting to the Kansas City game. I'm not focusing on that at all. I'm focusing on how every single coach on the Jets coaching staff wants to put up 70 on Denver, just like Miami did. They won't, but they're going to try for sure. And I think they're going to beat them pretty easily.
1: Breeze Hall would have game two. Oh, yeah. They had that big run last year and then. And it was cool. over. Cut it there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 160. That's gonna do it for 160, 161 next week. Kind of gonna be more baseball, I'd assume. Just talking about all the stuff that happened in the wild card series. Yeah. We'll be halfway through the divisional series at that point. Uh, NFL Week Five, of course. Maybe something in basketball happens. I don't know. But even Dame Harden gets Too much of it. yeah. But yeah, even that, I don't know if that would get a huge conversation out of <laughs> us. But uh. Yeah, we're kinda of baseball baseball football locked in right now. So uh basketball, you have your time later in the year when nothing else is going on. But uh hmm. we'll see you next week for more of the same. <laughs> October sports, baby. Yep, That's a great. <laughs> That's time time of the time year.
0: year. 161 next week, Tuesday. We'll see you guys later. Go Jets, go well, I guess Minnesota for you, man. Oh Should I mean that. Yeah. Oh, me